KTRS Sports with Martin Kilcoyne. Presented by Offenberg Hyundai and Triad Bank. All right, let's talk a little Martin Kilcoyne here, Fox 2 Sports Director. Good morning, Martin Kilcoyne. McGraw, how are we doing? I'm doing well. I, I didn't. I missed it. I have to go back and listen to it. How was uh, Trey Wingo on your show? Oh, Trey was great. Talking NFL. And, you know, when he went to ESPN from St. Louis, he was just, you know, doing Sports Center, which is random highlights. But at some point, they shifted him to their NFL coverage, and he became really well known for that, whether it was the draft or Hall of Fame weekend, all the NFL shows. So that's his, even now that he's left ESPN, everything he does, all of his media entries are all NFL related. The hardest part is finding out Trey's life is that he lives in Maui six months of the year while doing these football shows and then comes back to the States or well, the States, it is the States, but <laughs> comes back to the mainland, I guess the rest of the year. But uh, Trey is great. Always fun, always entertaining and still brags about St. Louis. He said, you know, two of his kids, his two kids were born here, but uh, no, Trey's always, Always fun, edgy. He was part of that Sports Center era, like mid to late '90s, where they were all a little bit sarcastic, kind of in the wake yeah. of Keith Olbermann, and uh, it just it fit him. But even though he left there, you know, they let him go a couple of years ago. Things have turned out great. Where, where's he working now, or is he doing his own so thing? There's all these different. So there's a, a website called the Thirty Third, which is really big with football fans. A lot of former coaches, Mike Martz. Uh, they do all these videos and breakdowns. He does a, a regular segment with Chase Daniel, the former Mizzou quarterback. And then he also does some work with NBC, like the British Open last year. It's not quite like Peyton Manning, but they're sort of like alternate broadcasts of these big-time golf events. He said he'd be involved with the U.S. Open and the British Open again this year. So he's he's kind of got his hand in a lot of different things. Good for him. All right, cool. All right, uh, how about my blues? Chris, la- Pronger, Chris Pronger was on last night. Oh, since we're talking uh, Kilquin conversation, always entertaining. And if people miss these segments, you just go to the KTRS app, go to the rewind section. You can listen back. And as you would guess, Pronger was zinging me throughout. Yeah, Chris Pronger, one of the good ones. Still still lives and plays around here, right? Yep, and yeah. very recognizable. And he's selling his whiskey. You can buy. You can find Journey, J-R-N-Y, at your neighborhood uh, grocery store, store, liquor store. And yeah. it, he's, it, he's, he's selling it, baby. He's... Uh, but he's he's always fun. God love him. All right. Uh, how about my speaking of the Blues? What happened? They laid an egg last last night. You know, I think there was a real concern after winning five in a row. It had been so much fun, and they get back into the playoff mix. Now you've got a home game against Columbus. Blue Jackets are terrible. They're in last place. They're missing some players. But everybody sort of said, "Uh oh, this is the game before the All Star break, the ten day break." Are they mentally going to be there? And it certainly looked like a team that had checked out. I mean, they just – their coach, Drew Bannister, more or less said after the game, this is – like he basically said it was pathetic. Like they just weren't there. Nobody was on board. They lose one to nothing. It was one of the least interesting hockey games I've seen in a long time. Even the fight that happened in the second period wasn't really inspiring. So maybe it's just human nature. They've been on a great run, and all of a sudden the break's just about here. But – disappointing because you could have had six in a row an easy two points in theory because the blue jackets are no good but now they played poorly how about bennington takes a loss and he gave up one goal they lost one zip that was it pretty boring uh does drew bannister get the job or what's what's the what's the conventional wisdom with him you know i would love to have doug armstrong on the lie detector because when he made the move i think he was just trying to jump start this season see if they can get something out of it before it totally fell apart but I don't know that he saw Drew Bannister as a long-term solution. 
this is just my gut as to what he might tell us on the lie detector. But if this guy comes in and does have some success and they make the playoffs, I think that's the, the measuring stick. If they make the playoffs, I think it's going to be hard not to give him the job. I mean, when Davis Payne came along, this is 14 years ago, nobody knew who Davis Payne was. He replaced Andy Murray. But then all of a sudden they had a spark, didn't make the playoffs his first year, but they played a lot better. And then they, they gave him the job, and I think they felt they sort of had to. So I think if I think if they make the playoffs, Bannister's getting the job. If they don't make the playoffs, they probably won't give it to him. They'll try and go out, and I don't know that there's a, quote, big name out there. But I think it's really that simple as to whether he gets the job. The good thing is he's got a relationship with a lot of these younger players because he was coaching them in Springfield at their right. top minor league affiliate. So uh, I think I think that's all it is. If they make it. Even if they just miss out, I think they can justify going out and getting somebody else. But if they make the playoffs, I think you have to give them the job. You know, what's interesting to me is all these guys, the veteran players, they're all going to you know Cancun, the Caribbean, wherever. Matthew Kessel's one of the younger players, got called up a few weeks back, and then he's been able to stay. And I said, we were talking last night before the game, and I said, what are you going to do for the break? Where are you going? He said, well, I have to go back to Springfield, Massachusetts, get all my stuff. He said, I, <laughs> he said, I came here and – when you get called up in hockey, you could go back the next day. Yeah. Like it's constantly back and forth. And I said, "Oh, that sounds exciting." He said, "Well, I, I kind of need my stuff." <laughs> the life of a young kid getting called up. I just thought that was fun. No, a lot of people don't realize they they literally drop what they're doing and get to St. Yep. Louis, right? Whether it's the Blues or the Cardinals or whatever, right? They and then they end up living it out of a hotel four blocks from the stadium with just the shirt on their back. Right. Yeah, it used to be easier for the Blues because, remember, Peoria was the affiliate for all those years. You just hop in your car, drive back, turn around, come back. You could almost commute, and now it's Springfield, Massachusetts. It's not It's not that easy. Yeah. Um, is St. Louis a Kansas City Chiefs town? Well, it depends who you ask, okay? And this has been my stance for a while. I have nothing against the Chiefs. If they win, that's great. My friends and family that live over there, I'm happy for them. I just don't want it forced down my throat. I don't want to be told that we owe the viewers or the listeners, you know, this level of Chiefs coverage that would equal them being a hometown team. They certainly seem more popular locally than Packers or Bears, even though those folks both have strong followings locally. So I think it's a, you know, look at the numbers on Sunday. CBS, what's interesting is how many people said, screw the NFL, we'll never watch again. And some people have held true to that since the Rams left, but on Channel 4 on Sunday, over 400,000 people were watching. This is just in the St. Louis area. Granted, it's the championship game, but over 400,000 people watched that game. Even the Lions and Niners on Fox 2, no local rooting interest other than some of the players on Detroit, that was at about 325,000 people tuning in to watch. So the NFL is just an absolute monster. Chiefs are a marquee brand. So I, you know, if you go to your local grocery store, there's probably Chiefs, you know, merchandise. Everybody's wearing it around. My 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 kids, the seventh grade kids, they all love the Chiefs. Yeah. It's hard not to if you grow up with no NFL team, and they've got Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and they're in the Super Bowl almost every year. So I think they're hugely popular. I just I don't know that it's quote our team. Yeah, uh, Martin Kilcoin, you want to talk Knicks? I'll talk Knicks any day you want. You, me, Larry <laughs> Hughes. Let's go to lunch, baby. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who's more excited about this, McGraw or Ben Stiller, who doesn't tweet, you know, jokes or anything. He's constantly tweeting about his New York Knicks, and I looked at it the other day. I think in January, 
they're like 13 and two or something crazy. So all of a sudden the Knicks are good again. I just, I'm happy for my Knicks friends, which include you and Ben Stiller. Well, I, they've been so bad for so long. Um, it's just been such a dad. And you brought Larry Hughes into the studio one time. You were doing something with CBC <laughs> or something. And I accosted the guy in the hallway, gave him a hug. He's like, who's this freak? I was like, Nick's. Next, buddy, I love you. He was like, oh, boy, you have no idea how bad it is over there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been bad for a long time. And it's such a – it is a marquee franchise, and you have all the celebs that go to the games. It's it's the Garden. It's Madison Square Garden. I mean, the NBA was more fun when the Knicks were good. We had all those great playoff series and Van Gundy's hanging on people's feet and yeah. getting dragged around. <laughs> well, Bill Bradley, baby. Bill Bradley, a Missouri's own Bill Bradley, hangs from the rafters. So absolutely, yeah. So no, they've been uh, they've been on a roll, man, and I've noticed that. So I, I was thinking of you. Good, me and Ben Stiller. Uh, yeah. Who's who's uh, tonight on the Killcoin conversation? All right, tonight we're talking basketball. It's Justin, who used to be known for his own basketball accolades. Now he's simply known as Jason Tatum's dad. But we wanted him back on the show. He's coaching in Australia, and this was the most confusing booking we've ever had because when we we taped it. Tuesday afternoon, but it was Wednesday morning for him. And I said, okay, this will play tomorrow. And he said, well, that's Thursday afternoon for me. It, it's that's like a yesterday. Time warp. It's a time warp. But it's really interesting because he was coaching high school basketball at CBC, got an opportunity as an assistant coach in Australia, which sounds kind of crazy. You're moving halfway around the world, but it can be a path to coaching in the NBA. And if you get on an NBA staff as an assistant, I mean, an assistant in the NBA is making – 500,000, but it's also more about a career opportunity. So he's coaching in Australia. I wanted to find – he became the interim head coach at one point, and they've been playing pretty well. I just kind of wanted to know what's it like living in Australia. It's such a uh, unique place that I've always wanted to go. So we're going to talk basketball. We, of course, talk about Jason Tatum. And there's a great story. This was sort of a St. Louis myth. I always heard that Jason Tatum, he knew he was only going to play one year of college basketball, went to Duke but that he would have gone to SLU if they offered a couple of his buddies scholarships. And when they didn't, he said, all right, never mind. That he would have. We asked Justin about that particular St. Louis myth, hmm. and uh, it's an interesting answer. That's coming up later tonight hmm. on the Kill Farm Conversation. All right, so it actually, oddly enough, with all the time travel, it aired before it was recorded. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> right. Yeah, all right, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't even know you you were already on what? No, before we even interviewed you, this already happened. When it really, if you start, I'm telling you, the text back and forth to get this book. Okay, hold on. What time is it here? Well, what day is that? What, it's like you giving out the time. It was the most confusing thing I've ever heard. That was that was un, that was an unfortunate snark. That didn't need to be. That well, was, I know. I, a little I'm, shot across the bow there. Uh, Martin Kilcoin, who's your sponsor? Uh, Offenberg Hyundai, the original Hyundai dealer in this area. There are no Fallon, Illinois, not far at all from downtown St. Louis, Greenmount Road. That's the exit off Highway 64. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, check out those good-looking Hyundais with all the great warranties. Really, Hyundai was the first to roll out those 100,000-mile warranties. In addition to that, a selection on the lot of pre-owned vehicles. And beyond that, if you've got a car in mind, your make, model, let them know. They've got a full-time buyer. They will go find that car for you. Part of the great service you get at Offenberg Hyundai. Now I feel bad. I was kissing up about your Knicks, and then I took a shot. And for, uh, uncalled for. Completely uncalled my for. Plus, my plus minus rating there would be I've zeroed it out. I just zeroed it out. Martin Kilcoin, let's hug it out, buddy. Let's hug it out. Give everybody right. a hug. Have a good day, Martin. Talk to you later.